Hello and welcome to Futurish episode number 3. This episode we talk about your lovable Mario, the super pimp. And are robots still in your jobs? And if so, will you move to Mars? All this and sometimes more on Futurish. Okay, let's do this. All right, <laughs> welcome to Futurish. We're we're doing this. This is, we're recording <laughs> live. Oh, we're recording. Oh. Yeah, we're, we're we're live. So, uh, welcome to the show, guys. My name is Peter. I'm talking from Australia in in Melbourne or Melbourne in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm joined with me by um, who is it? Hey guys, Hi, it's me, Gerhard, and I'm here in Helsinki, Finland. And not not Finland, Helsinki. Not Finland, Helsinki. <laughs> no, I'm in Helsinki, Finland, or Finland, Helsinki. What the fuck? I know. I just only just had like one sip of whiskey, so I'm actually not drunk. I, just, I don't know what it is. It's just I think we. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have no excuse. It's just really nervous, like little kids, little girls, <laughs> like giggling. <laughs> <laughs> it's a podcast. <laughs> Ooh, oh my god. <laughs> okay. Whew. Okay. Well. Ah, what do yes. we have this week? Well, first of all, oh wait, yes, yes, yes. First mm-hmm. of all, um, well, let me let me see something. Oh, this is terrible. You're not supposed to just look up now. You're supposed to be prepared. Oh, yes. Shit, well, no, no, it's fine. We'll, we'll keep this. We'll keep this for the end because I had actually some re- re- received really nice comments on our last episode. Ooh. So, but let's do this at the end. Okay. If we have time to discuss yeah, this. Yeah, that's, that's when we have our viewer sort of response. Exactly, because you'll have, have to... Is, no, can you view just, our audio? Yeah, you can't. Yes, really. you can. Okay. I always... I see sound and, you know, I visualize uh, it. Okay. Okay, you know? cool. Mm-hmm. No, I obviously don't. But. Colorful <laughs> unicorns. Uh, All right, unless you're story. speaking, Vince <laughs> Shark. First story. Okay, so the first story today, we're going to dive right into it because I'm just, yeah. Did you know this week is E3? Oh, yes, of course. What's E3, you may ask? (laughs) What's E3, Pete? (laughs) E3 is um, the yearly video game expo that's held in Los Angeles, and it is where generally most of the big announcements for the that year of gaming is um or the next year of gaming is has been made so e3 is actually kicking off pretty much around the same time that this podcast gets released live which is kind of cool um so it's actually tomorrow our time but today your time because yeah, it's the future when they're listening it's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's futurish, and this is how we work things out. We manipulate time just for your viewing uh, audio pleasure. Um, so, <laughs> I By the have way, a like, story here. Wait, wait. Yes. What, what, what is the E stand? What does the E stand for? Is it like electronic? Electronic, electronic entertainment, entertainment expo. E three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just got it. <laughs> okay. I perfect. love how you said it all out, and then you're like, "Oh yeah, the E's, the three E's. Oh shit, E three. I get it. Yeah." Um, okay, cool. Your story, Pete. So E3 um, 
I'm not going to go into it um, too much. If you guys want to check it out, YouTube is actually really stepping up its game plan now. Literally not game, but game plan. Um, with their new gaming channel or website, um, YouTube Gaming. And so they're actually live streaming it. So it's actually really cool um, if you're really interested in gaming news. I myself um, am not as interested in gaming news as I once were. Um, mainly, I don't know if it's because I was in the gaming industry pr- um, prior to this or um, and it's just ruined everything about my life. Um, or, 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 um, or it's just, I don't know, it's just the same old, same old. And I'm thinking more about the latter rather than the prior. So um, this first topic I want to talk about is... PlayStation, Xbox, the infinite consoles. So this is actually from a new um, upcoming website called Glixel. And Glixel is like a reimagining of gaming um, journalism. It's actually really cool. Um, so for the first initial um, launch, pre-launch as they um, say, um, they are doing a email newsletter. So these it's actually in-depth, proper journalism about the games industry. And it's actually really, really interesting. Ooh. Yeah. Well, um, didn't know. Yeah, it's really cool. You should subscribe. It's really, it's good. Like once a week, I think they release a, um, an issue. And each issue has full-length articles within your email. So you don't have to, it's not linking you to another site. You just, it's there. There's no okay, ads. Okay, okay, So. So one of the news stories that they covered is was PlayStation, Xbox, Infinite Consoles. So in general, as you may know, uh, a console cycle is usually around seven years. And generally, um, it's like the PlayStation 3 um, to PlayStation 4 was a little bit longer, I think around 10 years or so. Um, but generally, they try to get a new console launched every seven years. However, now because of... Uh, I know just common uh, expectations, that's going to change. There's no longer going to be a new console cycle every seven years. There's going to be a new console cycle every year. Have you heard about this? Yes. Well, I'm not sure. I mean, um, I'm aware. Well, when did the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One release? When did they release? I think uh, it was 2014. 2014. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now so, we have two years. Be? Yes, so it's actually not going to. There's no longer cycles. They're not going to do it. They're going to take the iPhone approach, where a new console is going to be released every year with a little bit beefier um, sort of um, capabilities, and and then always at, at, at for every single cycle, the games will support a couple of revisions of that console cycle. So, if you own a 2014 original PlayStation Four you would expect about three years of um, support. Yeah. And the longer your support um, of that game, it means that you might have a bit choppier gameplay, um, a bit less graphics, things like that. Kind of, it's basically a, you're now being it's able to... It's basically what you have with your phones, basically. But, I mean... Yeah, with, yeah. Uh, um, I actually had exactly. a really like exactly discussion about exactly this topic. When was it? One or two months ago with actually with Moritz and Laurie, two friends in mm-hmm. Vienna. And so I think first I was like, Whoa, I don't like this. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I don't like this. Because normally, you know, like uh consoles were used to when they were released, they had state of the art hardware and they were like at least 
at least two years ahead of PC hardware. Yeah. That was until PlayStation 4 and Xbox One came along. The stupid idiots. And <laughs> so I think... You know, <laughs> not really. And I think... Um, I think it's just it, it's necessary that they have, have to upgrade this hardware because um, both consoles they are really outdated, really outdated. What, and the PlayStation Four and Xbox One. Yes, they are. Really? Oh yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. They look good. I mean, to an everyday consumer nowadays, what do they expect? I mean, you know what I see this as? I don't see this as oh we we want to give better graphics to the gamers. This is not what it's about. This is. I, uh, as a company, Sony wants to get more money out of each console. And so they want to encourage people to rebuy. It's, a, it's an iPhone yeah, but, model. Yeah, but that's the thing, you know, like with PlayStation, so let's call it the PlayStation 4 Neo, okay, or the new, the new iteration of Xbox One, I think mm. is an acceptable, acceptable solution to a problem that shouldn't have existed. And that's because the problem was that um, the hardware, when they released both consoles, were was already outdated. So, right. And now maybe we have to we have to just be honest with the industry in general. Um, we need shorter cycles. We can't have a seven-year cycle anymore. That's unrealistic. Right. Sure. But I just think that personally, who cares about? I just don't like this whole. I don't like the marketing approach of it. I really don't. I, I get it from a business standpoint and all for it. But as a as a sort of consumer, I think that, you know, this whole ideology of if something new gets released, what you have is no longer um, cool or no longer, um, you know, capable of things. And, you know, it's their intention to drive that sort of, need for new and cool and upgrading. I don't know yeah, what I'm but, saying, but you know what I mean? Like, I know, Pete, what you mean, but, you know, times change. <laughs> That's just how it is. And I think it was yeah. just made of time. Consumerism. When, no, yeah. it's just a matter of time when we, you know, exp will experience these cycles in with consoles as well. But we should never um, forget that actually what makes consoles unique is not actually the hardware per se. It's more or less, I think, the operating system and the ecosystem of the, the console. That Actually, makes it that's comfortable. A good point. Yeah, that's a good point you made because that's generally what PlayStation is steering towards. PlayStation's no longer going to be a console; it's an ecosystem. It's like Steam. Same, same, same with like, Xbox. Yeah, yeah, exactly, same. exactly. And so it, I get it where it's coming from, but this always connected, always um, you know licensed um, model that they're driving towards really sort of strikes me um, unfavorably, mainly because my sort of strongest reminiscence um, of my childhood was sitting in front of my TV on a Nintendo um, entertainment system and, you know, playing Mario and so on. If I had those consoles still now and a connection, a TV connection that was able to support it, I would be able to easily play those titles as they were intended to now. You knew that those games were made for that system, and so every no matter what you go, you go in the store and you could buy a game, and you knew that your console would run it, and you could run it, and it was you didn't need an internet connection to connect to, you didn't need any of that sort of stuff. Now, nowadays, you're buying something that you know, in about three years, you might not be able to play it anymore. 
because either the it's no longer supported because the internet service um, has since expired, or the console that you're running on, um, the game has been upgraded enough to outdate your console. It, you know <clears throat> what I mean? It's just. Uh, I think I think I know what you mean, but. To be honest, okay, when we we all look back to the times when we all played on Nintendo 64, and I think um, it's kind of re romanticized it. It was a very romantic image. It was the first time we really experienced this magical world and you know this game experience yeah. with friends. And now, well, to be honest, when was the last game from a newer a newer game that you have you know you've had the same feeling? What like, like amazing similar, experience? Sim- yeah, it's like no, like similar to you'd remember to Nintendo sixty four because everyone, oh, even even people who easy. don't play games, Uncharted four, Uncharted yeah, four, no, hands down, don't play games. They always have to, one of them have played Nintendo sixty four. Yeah, sure, Sister, and that's like, yeah, whoever, and that's probably where I'm leaning. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's it, it is one of those like you you ask anyone and you, they'll say I'm not a gamer but I love Nintendo. That's exactly. that's their thing, right? So, but that's that's Nintendo's smart marketing. There, Nintendo is as a brand as strong and as valued as a brand as Disney is, right? Exactly, because Nintendo, um, when you look back on really good their history, they started as an um, purely um, what do you say, brothel, entertainment right? company? <laughs> no, yeah, brothel. It was a Nintendo brothel with Princess Peach and Mario the brothel. Owner, but it was a brothel. <laughs> British, no, Nintendo no, had um, no, love houses. Nintendo- <laughs> Did you not know that? What Nintendo talking, used to, yeah, when Nintendo first started, there were what are um, you talking? No, Google it. Oh, Google wait. it right Holy now. Shit. No, okay, okay. By 1963, the company had tried several small niche businesses, just such as cab services and love hotels. <laughs> what there the fuck? Go. I Holy didn't shit. know that. Holy shit! Yeah, there were um, for yeah. They, were, they used to make playing cards for gangsters. No, but. but. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kidding as okay, well. But it started with playing cards and then they yeah, tried to play gangsters. Cards. They weren't playing cards. They were playing <laughs> cards made for gangsters. Okay. But, and then and then probably they were short of money and then it was like, hey, you know, let's maybe we can we start some love hotels and can distribute exactly. our, our cards there. <laughs> you know, everyone starts from the beginning, right? And so my point I'm trying to say is that I love this idea of singular experiences and I don't like external um, things like impeding on that. Like, for example, the iPhone now, do you see the iPhone as a game device? No. Do you see it as anywhere near for gaming? No. Right? And But there could easily be a, something that could be used for that, right? If the if the experiences for gaming weren't monetized, or no, like just shit to heaven, this doesn't fit as a game experience. Really, it's just. Well, what is it about it? I know it's just iPhone. It's a really powerful little computer you can carry around, but yeah. it's not for gaming. But it could be if it was targeted, and you know you can get some good experiences out of it. Not the problem true. is that the problem is that generally for me. Like if you, I've had, there's been games on the iPhone that I've liked, you know, but nowadays you can't play them anymore because they're outdated and no longer supported. Um, what will happen is a game that you bought, like a company might no longer support it anymore, mm-hmm. and we just pull the plug, and you can no, you can't download it anymore. Okay, so you've you paid money for something that you can no longer use. Okay, but I think like okay, well, 
we have to be a bit. We give. We have to give Sony and uh, Microsoft a bit of slack. Like, um, oh yeah, because let's give a multinational conglomerate. No, no. So like in this in this approach, you know, you have to think like, um, let's see how it goes. It's the first time that you're gonna try it, and maybe it's like in, like just um, before the next generation. It's just like a, a one half step. Sure. But if they if they stay with, for example, a three year cycle, I'm fine. That's not a problem. Right. Two years, too short. One year, not acceptable. So, okay, I, I answer this, right? Yes. Why, as a, as a consumer, <laughs> why as a consumer would I support, would I use and go and use a PlayStation compared to a PC now? All the benefits of the PlayStation are now no longer there when I could just do the same and still have to upgrade my PC. Nah, it's still and different. It's still different. It's, that's the thing. Again, it's not the hardware, it's the ecosystem. Both Sony and Microsoft. It's the ecosystem with having exclusive titles. It's the ecosystem with just the software and having... So it's you don't game. have to. The thing is, you don't have to worry about anything. You just plug it in. Well, you and now start. do. No, no. Now you no, do because no. now you have to worry about will my game support it? No. Well, the thing is, but then it's like every three years. I will buy the new console, like the, the, the upgraded one. Yes. Yeah. Why not? Fuck it. What, are you going to buy it this year? Let's see, maybe. Really? Like, see. Really? What are you doing, Gary? <laughs> <laughs> really? No, but when did, you buy, when did you buy your last PlayStation? The last one was yesterday. And, um... Wait, what? You bought a PlayStation <laughs> yesterday? No. no. <laughs> No, I, I might buy. I'm consider. I'm really. I'm seriously considering buying the upgrade version. Sheep. <laughs> Sheep. Why not? I I like it. Why not? What's why? What 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 is it going to offer you? A fucking awesome hardware, and a bit a little bit better graphics. Look, hey, now you can see three more grain um grains well, of the, grass. The thing is, look, they have. Uh, they're not gonna like you're gonna be able to play your games on your old PlayStation. It's not gonna change anything. Yeah, I'll be fine for the next three years, right? Yeah, that's fine, man. Come on, then you have you have had your consoles for four years or what? Like five yeah, years. And then I'm not gonna, I'm never gonna buy a console again. <laughs> that's how well, it's gonna work. That's the thing. Until you know, my kid, you know, I try, have kids try, and try, then they grow try, up and well. try doing this with a PC, having a PC for five years and still mm. having a no, you're right. pretty but, pretty like on average high. Standard. Right, sure. But I, I like the idea of buying something that I know is going to be able to support it for at least six years. It well, that's not going years. to happen anymore. Well, then sorry for you. Yeah. <laughs> Next story. Yeah, I hate Next life story. nowadays. <laughs> Next story. Okay. Next story, guys. Yeah, better. Um, be better. <laughs> better. It's it's going to be also a bit sad or not? Who knows. Ah, robots will steal our jobs, but they will give us new ones. Ah, uh, <laughs> see, congr- you know, c- the conglomerate monetization is leading us into a terrible future. <laughs> exactly. So, well, the article was published on Wired, I think, last week, and um, so it said basically that now Durf, nowadays, no Durf, <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> At the Düsseldorf airport, robotic valet parking is now reality. So you step out of a car. Wait, wait, wait. Can I just say, can I interrupt for a second? Yes, please. When did you say this article was published? Last week? Yeah. So <laughs> what? what year is it? 
What? <laughs> the article date for the for your you listeners is the twenty fourth of August, two thousand and fifteen. What the fuck? <laughs> Holy shit! Okay, that's a flash uh, because it was in my on my news thing. It was not last well, week. What is this um, podcast called? It's futurish. So now it's past pastorish. Pastorish is wait is. <laughs> <laughs> That's so stressing. Okay, cool. Um, anyway, it's a, it's an interesting topic, and it still uh, it still applies, I think. You know, so let's. Well, let's be interesting. If you if you hadn't mentioned this, no one would have noticed. You fucking idiot. I <laughs> know. Oh, I just wanted to just do this, call you out on the show. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Still a good article. It is. It is. So nowadays at the airport at Dusseldorf Airport, you well, there's nowadays, like this last year. Well, still, it's still happening. <laughs> Okay, yeah, sure. So you press a button on touch screen, the machine lifts your car off the ground, moving all three tons of it into a kind of evil parking bay. So it's built by a German company. And so basically, it got rid of this, of the, um, how do you say, people who park your car at the airport with these automatic ticket machines. Yeah. Um, but the, base, the, the core argument of this article is that it's based on uh, widely cited study from an Oxford professor that, uh, thanks to robots and artificial intelligence, forty-seven uh, percent of our jobs over the next twenty years um, will 47%, be forty-seven percent will be replaced by robots or artificial intelligence. Well, which was a really pessimistic study. They even like new new numbers um, that say, well, well, they predict a far less dystopian future let's put it this way however um i think what we forget when we have robots or generally when we have look at industri industrialization or automatization they've never really stolen jobs they just have um how do you say they took over jobs that we people were actually too good to do actually let's put it this oh, way that's, no that's really terrible. no like like human beings are not like we, our brain is not just uh, made for doing simple optimization jobs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, right, right. unfortunately, many people do it because they didn't so have the these, opportunity these, to be educated. These but, robots uh, haven't taken away jobs. Uh, well, they have taken away jobs, but they've but, created well, they've, new jobs. They've exactly, right? created new jobs because all these um, basic duties can be done by robots, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like a ticket machine selling a ticket. And so the fear is like many people are afraid of, or like the media, how it spins it, that um, thanks to artificial intelligence and robots that they will take away our jobs and ooh, what will happen to us. Mm. But I think what we often forget is that actually um, it's, not a, it's not a job replacement. It's more like a job transformation mm. towards like uh, that we will be doing jobs that are more creative, that are more, meaningful in a sense because um we no longer have to do like especially people don't have to work as waiters anymore uh, because robots can do it of course in the short term this will cut off jobs but then in the long term this will have um, force will it will force governments to support people and uh, provide education for all these people so they can do actually more meaningful more creative jobs in the long term right yeah yeah I mean, okay. Let's let's face it, though. This will affect people. Oh, it will. 
Definitely. Because there's, there's going to be a good portion of um, society who isn't able to adapt to a new change. You know, and, and it's unfortunate. And, but the thing is, as with any industry, if you don't adapt, you can be outdated. <laughs> you know, heck, we're just talking about PlayStations. <laughs> and that's, that's generally what, how it works, right? So it's a shame. But the thing is, um, it will create, I, I do agree that, you know, that while you know, jobs, some jobs um, types will be lost, new job types will be created, ones that we don't even know about now. And and a thing. Yeah, that, that's a good keyword. Like we don't know what kind of markets will open. Like what kind of job markets, thanks to this. I mean, I'm in the. I, I work entirely on the internet, right? It, my job category did not exist. Well, actually, technically, it did as a product manager, but um, as a digital product manager and digital marketing, it it new ones get changed and. Um, job categories can get skewed a bit to new areas, new platforms, new changes. And, you know, um, so it's, it is interesting to see what will happen. Are you, are you scared about this change at all? No. Um, okay. I agree with you when, it's, when we say like it will affect people, definitely will affect people. Um, but um, on, let's, let's put it on the scale on the, on a relative scale that, okay, in the short term, maybe it will, um, I know, how do you say, replace in a short term 30% of the jobs that exist right now. Yeah. And this will affect, unfortunately, people. So I guess what's important right now is that actually governments uh, start preparing the job market and these people for this change. But this has happened already. This has happened already had, and her, had happened before. And... Um, when with industrialization and automation, wait, sorry, I lost the connection, Skype. Are you back, Pete? Yeah, 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 yeah. We're here. Okay, sorry. good. So it, we'll forget that like, this happened before, and um, but in long term, like we're, we're talking about fifty to hundred years, right? Yeah, it will create new jobs, and it will make how do, it. It sounds so bad, but you know, like um, when we think of people who clean other people's apartments, who are chefs, who are like uh, or no waitresses. Work as um, ticket like at the tickets sales shop, you know. I think these people are meant to do greater stuff than this. And if we see like robots and AI will take take over this, then we will create a job market where people, you know, like this is covered, these kind of areas, and people can focus mm. on on more creative stuff, on more meaningful activities. But of course, <laughs> this needs to be. Um, Industry, government, politicians, they need to prepare for this kind of scenario. So we kind of need to build a safety net for these people when this event happens, that uh, robots and AI will take away these jobs, that these people are not, um, are not left behind. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, I guess with anything new that you, you, you introduce, you have to think about the repercussions that they will you know, also introduce. Um, but, you know, one thing... I got to say about this, I'm, I'm a bit torn about it. One hand, you know, I know that my future and everything, I'll be able to adapt. It makes, you know, like, and even if I'm not, I'll be, you know, my current role gets replaced, mm -hmm. then, um, you know, then I'll be, I'll just have to jump to a new one. The problem is that I have is that some people 
you know, who work these type of um, jobs that are going to get replaced by robots might actually enjoy what they're doing. They enjoy the, you know, the sort of repetitious behavior that um, is involved. They enjoy um, the lifestyle that they live. So they don't want to be um, working in a new fast-paced environment where they're having to adapt to all of it, right? So then on the second hand is that you're introducing all these robots, you're really basically replacing all customer service, really, right? Customer, your first moment as a customer when you go to a, um, a storefront in the future will be robots. How is that any um, welcoming or warming? You know, like it's well, it's going to be robot. very if it's a cute, it's a cute robot. <laughs> hey, hello, kid. Yeah. Would you like to eat? <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm, I'm not looking for something to eat. I just like a drink. Hi, what would you like to eat? I said, I'm just looking for a drink. <laughs> error, 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 error. Explosion. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just, no, we're taking uh, away the humanity of no, no, service. No, 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 I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. So, for example, like, um, I read a really interesting book, a book called Outliers by Gladwell. Mm-hmm. Um. So when he thinks like meaningful work, and I think I think this counts accounts for every human being. So meaningful work is characterized by autonomy. So that process that it yields senses of independences. Then secondly, it's uh, characterized by complexity. So work that engages the mind and imagination. And thirdly, meaningful work is characterized by a connection between the effort and reward. So there's a noticeable return on the uses of time and energy. And right. I'm not sure if, for example, many of these really basic jobs where people are, people are forced to do is because they have no other choice. People have to do it because they have to um, earn money for the family. They have to survive. Maybe they, sure. they find joy in it because they have no other choice. But I think if you want to show them the opportunity or the alternative – I think they will see the difference, Pete. I'm not sure if there's well, if it's a if it's a more positive exactly because like right? I think it exactly, may not but, always be more positive. No, but um, most of these people have this uh, work in these basic jobs, and I, I really don't mean this with uh, any negativity. They're all necessary and really cre- grateful for all these people who who work there. Hmm. But most of people they just they haven't had another choice. They grew up. In a maybe poor back with a poor, poor background and ended up in this kind of job environments. So just just the only thing they know, you know. Mm. Maybe they found they find happiness and joy in these kind of jobs. But um, I think if you can empower those people and see them, hey, um, we support you. Go and study. Do whatever you would like. Whatever you would like to do. I think this is the point where we, I think, robotics and artificial artificial intelligence, when they you know, take over these basic jobs, can uh, create job markets and opportunities for all those people. When's, when will there be an end? You know what, what I mean? mean? Like, the moment they replace one area, it will open up another area for, uh, for insight. And then that's going to, and then next thing you know, it's going to lead up into either one, it's a whole um, Terminator scenario again, <laughs> or, or two, it becomes like, 
everyone becomes lazy um, because all the jobs or any active job has been replaced by robots because, you know, yeah, but that's, that's very, that's very unrealistic. And it gets into a Wally sort of scenario where we're all fat, mm. just lounging mm. on. <laughs> no, that's a that's a definitely possible scenario. Um, but first, 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 firstly, no, no, firstly, firstly, um, it's very un, unrealistic that robots in any, like, anytime soon or ever will take over jobs that need creativity, um, emotional no, thinking, and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Sure. And yeah, but secondly, there's, there's, and, and there's always going to be a certain percentage of home, human beings who just don't want to work at all. They just want to be lazy. It's I just think, how it to is. Be honest, yeah, but to be honest, like, I would love to not work. Like, not work, a, I'm saying I would love to not work a nine to five sort of job. I would love to work a job that I want to do. That yeah, inspires exactly. creativity in my area. In other words, I'd love to work for me, not for someone else, you know? Um, and I think What's everyone this? is probably in the same sort of mindset, mm-hmm. you know, cause then you, you, it's rather than it's about making money to feed your family and live, it's making money. Uh, it's not even making money. It's just doing something that you love. But then also like this, it's very, very nice that you mentioned this. There was, um, uh, well, who was it? I remember, I think it was, um, someone called professor Andrews Oswald, someone, I think it was a paper he wrote on that uh, says like when basic needs are met, it's easier to be creative. So when you know you have a safety right. net, you're more willing to decrease. So exactly, it's the same case again. When you can provide this um, basic, when all the basic needs are met, so people know they have a shelter, a warm shelter, health insurance, they have a basic income, they can mm. pursue more creative activities. Say what you said. You right. also would like would rather do something on your own instead of doing a nine to five job. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I definitely agree. Uh, so that's but it's but just it shows the complexity. People will lose jobs in the short term, but we talk yeah. about uh, when we look at the relative time span of uh, human history, it's going to be very like yeah. In the short term, people will lose jobs. In the long term, hopefully, politicians and industry will prepare. Um, like this, how do you say, a safety net for all these people and provide education so that they can pursue their creative road or journey. Let's put it this way. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. yeah, well, I, th- I think um, um, I, we should, just shouldn't be afraid of it. And I think media should be, that's my opinion, we just like, um, let's work <laughs> proactive towards this change. Yes. Proactively, and- yeah. Well, speaking of change, mm. um, this kind of actually ties in because, I mean, the future is very it's unknown and always the unknown is scary, right? And oh, that's yeah. generally, you know, how sort of the situation goes. So since this is primarily the Elon Musk show, um, since oh, we, love, we love Elon. Um, do we? Or I do. Um <laughs> <laughs> so Elon, <laughs> good old has, Elon. His goal is one thing, and it's always been one thing since he ever, I guess, was born. I don't know. Um, I assume so. I don't know the guy personally, but I would imagine this was his one dream when he woke up and he was born. And he's like, "Shit, mum, I'm going to establish a colony on Mars." You know. <laughs> so. 
basically Elon is going he's to Iron reveal. Man. He's well, Iron he's, Man. he's Iron Man. Yeah. He's Iron yeah. Man. He's Iron Man. So he's revealed, um, he's finally beginning to reveal how he plans to establish a colony on Mars. So he set up a space company um, called SpaceX. And starting as soon as 2018, um, he plans to fly an unmanned spacecraft, and now key on unmanned, obviously, um, to Mars. So this, these unmanned flights will continue um, about every two years, timed for when um, Earth and Mars are in its closest orbit. So if everything goes according to plan, uh, the build toward a first human mission is going to be in 2025. That's the first mission to Mars, human mission to Mars, um, when it will be taken off. That's ridiculous. That's, that's less than 10 years away. Yeah, it sounds, wow, very, very ambitious. But Right? Well, yeah, you, what do you think of this? Would you even... Let's say, okay, regardless if it's ambitious or not, and he can achieve it, because as you know, he's achieved everything in life that he sets to, his mind to, and he is Iron Man, so um, that is also a perk. If he did, and this was the case, in 2025, you could take a flight to Mars. Would you do it? Mm. Yeah, I was because um, before the show, I read Extra's article and he said, like, this, yeah, it's going to be good. dangerous. Someone read it. <laughs> Someone read it. Oh, it's going to be dangerous and um, maybe, probably, people will die. <laughs> it's like he, he, he compared um, this Mars coloniali- colonization. Oh, how do you say it? I'm already one. Colonization. Colonization. <laughs> yeah. Red wine. So he compared it to, like, the first pioneers who, you know, have discovered America and. And so forth. And of course, people die on the way. And I think I'm tempted, actually. Mm. Like, um, why not? I don't know. Like, well, come on. Many, many reasons why not. Firstly, it takes so a total journey time from Earth to Mars takes between 150 days to 300 days. Okay. So, you know, like when you're flying from, you know, I don't know. Europe to Australia, and you're going, oh, shit, it's a 20-hour flight. Yeah, no, that's that's tiny. <laughs> 150 days of minimum, okay? So that on its own will be insane. This, this cargo um, spaceship, whatever it is, has to be amazing because otherwise you're just going to get, like, insane cabin fever. <laughs> no, but beat it's just being, just being in space is amazing itself. Well, it's... yeah, for the first, like, probably, I'm imagining that for the first five days. After that, you're no. always stuck there. No, you can't get sure. there. Oh, no, okay. I... You go and look at something amazingly beautiful, and you keep staring <laughs> at this amazingly beautiful thing for more than five days straight, and you can get, you, I can guarantee you will get bored, okay? But <laughs> I, I've done this with you, and I'm not bored yet. <laughs> okay, well, well played. Um, I'll let you have that one. But okay, so say it isn't. It isn't boring, and it's amazing. You're leaving what's probably a, an amazing futuristic society on Earth, because you know, like really, 10 years is it, it going to be a futuristic society with all the latest developments happening? We're going to have robots that do our meaningless jobs. Okay, yes, it's going to be amazing. We're going from that. <laughs> to a Mars where it isn't colonized, where 
sure one sector of mines might be um, like built up because you know like why would you take humans to something that's really a plain desert land you know so and then you're stuck again within a little tiny sector of there even then even if you do have all of that there's no more trees there's no more fauna um, flora nothing right you're stuck on red sand now you've been to this uh, like um Ez rock right <laughs> just imagine being stuck on Ez rock for like <laughs> your life yeah but okay <clears throat> It may be miles and all, all. it's still a shitty fucking place. <laughs> first of all, I think it takes more than five days to get used to the space, space travel. <laughs> Just like imagine you can float around all day. Look at all. The, imagine all the shit you can do. Holy shit! I don't know. I I could. I already have ten ideas. I would try. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely discuss this in a. What would you do? Like in another episode of thing. <laughs> But then, secondly, like, okay, well, if you, you're right, AS Rock, boring as hell if you have nothing to do. But then you go to Mars and actually you have a mission. You have a mission to call, like, to build. It's a, what I read, like, it's not about just, like, land on the Mars and say, hey, and put a flag in the ground. It's actually building the first foundation for a station. So you're, you're there, you're, yeah, but you're there with, with a mission, you know, such as like go there, land, wave yeah. one, two, three times and then go back to Earth and then be questioned by conspiracy theorists that you haven't been there. I don't think these are actual return trips, right? No, no, I think they're not return trips. You're going to stay there and you're going to die there, pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, this sounds. Uh, where's my ticket? <laughs> I'm buying one right now. You sold it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but oh. I think it's like you you're there with a mission. You like you have to imagine. It's like you the first space colony, man. And you who cares? No, it's not who cares, man. You have to think in, in the, like imagine the bigger picture of this. No, okay. Firstly. The big picture, sure, it's great. You're one of the first colonizers of a new planet, right? And because it's the expectation that Earth is just going to go <laughs> and die, right? No, it's so, an expectation. It's just like, you know. Well, it is because we don't, you know, we, we assume they've seen a decline. It's, you know, one thing that the whole reason, the whole goal of moving to another planet is to start and create a new life so human um human society and the civilization has a, another start and a better chance of survival right but having said that your life is still short so you know like 150 like a year of your time spent traveling is meaningless in in long picture yeah but right but you but, know, you know, you're gonna, not going to return. So who cares if you're yeah, like in mid so one year travel, and then you're gonna you're gonna be on Mars and build a fucking sure. space station. <laughs> at that, at, yeah, but you'll be leaving all your loved ones, all your friends that you've known, uh, or everything that you've built, and the only thing you're taking with you is maybe a little backpack and, <laughs> and your knowledge. You know, so. 
you are really casting away everything you love to build a future. So you're like, also but, then but the, 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 the thought of like, okay, you, of course you leave your loved, loved ones behind, but then you actually build the foundation for all future generations. And I think it's a really noble thought and like, well, I it can is. live with that. It is, it's a noble thought, but is the, um, you know, the practicality of it actually feasible? Think about war. Think about um, power struggles. Sure, we've we've got Elon as our as our savior, <laughs> but <laughs> Elon is just one man. <laughs> is it Elon religion or something? If not, we should it will, start. You know, it's going to be an Elon religion if we go to Mars because of Elon. Okay, so Elon is going to be the god of that world, and. Actually, I just sold myself. I'm going to Mars. <laughs> no, but the thing is, like, you know, you don't, you don't need to beat. But I, I think I would sign up for it. I, you know, and um, then it's you can always, you can you can look up Pete and say like, oh look, look, Gary's up there somewhere, and he's dead probably. No, no. The moment that you <laughs> the moment you fly off, I will always I'll just automatically assume you're dead. And <laughs> there goes Gary. <laughs> there goes Gary. Uh, you know, one, like one, Pete, one for the team. No, you're dead. Like it's <laughs> well, who's who is good? Like I don't know him. Uh, it's just you know, it's the futurist show with Peter, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, but no, I think I think um, I hope it will happen. My last words on that, and I think it would be one person, it would be one of them who would sign up. But um, oh. I mean, it's unrealistic. They wouldn't. They wouldn't pick me. I don't have anything to offer to them, oh. best, except a beautiful face. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Next story. <laughs> <laughs> we got time for. Well, it's forty-five minutes. Do you want to go in your? Uh, wait. Let's see. Well, let's maybe let's wrap it up. Maybe we can some comments from last week. Okay. Sure. So one one comment was said, for example, on the topic of meditation, that um, one comment was said, for example, companies nowadays like Google, Facebook, and so on, they encourage meditation, sort of do it so the staff can actually increase performance. So that actually it's not about their well-being. So it's just like well-being is a sort of extension of capitalist ideology. Okay. Which um, I see the problematic in there. It's not like, you know, companies see, oh, well, let's give people spaces for meditation, but not that they feel better or maybe find their true path or whatever, spirit. It's just about so (laughs) they increase the performance and uh, so in the end contribute to a higher profit. Of the company, yeah. Oh, of what course. do you think? Yeah. It's it's like yeah, it's it's a guaranteed everything. For example, you know, Google's a good example for it. Everything Google does is actually in Google's benefit. So they offer food on site because you know um, these people aren't leaving the Google complex. So therefore, there's less time that they're going to be spent away from their desks. Um, and it's just everything is driven and designed to increase the end profit of that company they don't care about the well-being of those people um, as long as that well-being is that those people are dedicated to that company because new turnover of staff if is expensive you know to train someone to match the sort of 
output of another person is it takes time and therefore time takes money. So yeah. it's it's one of those things that, quite frankly, you know, you you see all these companies, oh, oh how amazing. But, you know, generally this just means longer work hours, um, you know, like more expectations of output. I don't know. It, it's a very pessimistic way and approach and I, and I understand that. But, you know, I, I also see the sort of marketing approach of it, which is also another pessimistic approach. So, I don't know. I'm not the best person to ask. <laughs> no, no, but I, no, no. I feel this. I think it's, I don't know. I think we shouldn't, this kind of stuff shouldn't be seen as a way of um, increasing. Okay, do it so we are more productive, so we, we can develop better products. I think it's just the wrong way. You know, it just, just destroys, yeah. destroys the whole purpose of the of the thing. You know, and also people feel, I think, will feel less motivated um to do this kind of stuff then in the end. Yeah, exactly. You know, the best the, the best type of workplace is someone that encourages a, a, a an ideal work environment where there's no pressures and no stress. And, you know, in those, I, like you were just mentioned earlier in this podcast, is that if you were, like, taken away from any sort of, um, you know, stresses of your life, you generally become more creative, right? Yeah. So, you know, that's what companies should take into mind. And um, I'm starting to see that more and more. It is, the society is definitely moving towards that approach than normal. I mean, Sweden obviously having six-hour work weeks uh, or six-hour work days, I should say. <laughs> six-hour <laughs> work weeks would be amazing. But, you know, like where these eight hours is kind of, you know, pointless. Most people only get productive because of only a certain amount of time, you know? Exactly, yeah. And then um, uh, one last comment, and this is again also like about uh, Elon Musk and um, his argument that we live that the chances we live a simulation are higher than we that we don't. And so the the comment was, by the way, that's uh, from a friend Omar from uh, Malta. Uh, if you hear this, hi Omar. Hey, man. hey Omar. So his thing is like, okay, if it is indeed a simulation, what the fuck is the point of caring for anyone? So you're just a string of code. Why should I care? And I think mm. we discussed at this point. I, I highly agree with him because like, if it's just a simulation, it's just a piece of code and um, we are aware of that. It's like, why should I care? Why, should, why the fuck should we all care? You know? And I think it's a really mm. dangerous thought. It is. I mean, from, I still stand by my original statement is that what else is there? Sure, we all have an option and choices. Definitely, I agree. Um, the thing is that, you know, if is at the end of the day, if you found out that your loved ones were code, does that change that you still love that piece of code? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But, but then you love. The love is also is a part of the program. It's a code. So what? It's not, it's not really emotion. It's simulated. So this whole thing is just like, well, it's not real in the end. All the emotions, yeah, sure. love for someone. But what is real? <laughs> yeah, what is real? <laughs> Podcast is not real. <laughs> what, do you know what I mean? Like, it, real, the definition of real is, this is getting way too philosophical, but like towards the end of it. But the definition of real is based on uh, people's expectations about a certain subject. So if something isn't real, does that mean it's any less like important to you? That's... That's what I would, unless okay. you know that there's another out, like a outside 
sort of world where if you killed yourself or ended your simulation in that world, if you were to lead to another one? Because then, because you can just kill your simulation and mm, start a new one. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't well, just don't give a do shit. You? Do well, you? I don't, but someone like the Matrix guys, they will listen to this properly and will kill me in the next five minutes because probably we re- re- realize this. No, but... Um, yeah. it, is, should, it is very... I think, I think we should uh, um, keep this philo- philosophical question for next time. That, yeah, um, we always say that, but we never cover it next time. There's so many topics we cover around. But yeah, no, but I think... It is a know. very, very good um, conversation piece, I think. And, and it's something that I don't think there's any right answer. But I think, yeah. yeah, I think, I think, okay, probably next time we will, we will come back to this question because I think there's so much to talk about and so many points of views that should be taken into consideration because I we think should, it's really we interesting. We should have guests on the show and we should ask, uh, have a third point and. Definitely. I think Omar will come in summer to Helsinki. I'm sure we'll invite him. Okay. Perfect. Sounds good. Okay. Cool. I think, yeah, we're done, aren't we? Yeah. You're hungry, did you say? Am I? No, I just, I really, I have a presentation. I have to present to a Chinese delegation, our center, and I have to learn Chinese now in two hours. (laughs) Uh, Easy. You got this, you know. This is where that robot would actually come in place and just replace you for this, you know. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) They they got this. They got this. Um, Okay, so that is Futurish. If you guys want to ask um, us a question or a comment on anything, um, then send us an email to hello at futurist.co. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, then do that. I'm not going to go and talk about it because I hate social media. I think we're on Facebook now or something, right? Oh, yeah, we're on Facebook. It's just Futurish, the Facebook page. If you want to write us a comment, message. And, and by us, I mean, it's just Gerhard. I, I, I have no part in this. Um, <laughs> and that's it. That is episode three. We're, in, oh. we're coming up to nearly the middle mark of the single digits. Isn't that kind of cool? That's pretty awesome. Let's see if we it can is. get to the two-digit range. Yeah, <laughs> it might be robots. It, it may be robot. robots. Actually, we'll yeah. what is podcast. <laughs> Hello, this is Robot Pete. <laughs> this is Robot <laughs> Hello. <laughs> But, okay, cool. Guys, um, have a good week. And yes, have a good week, guys. Thank you for listening. Okay, thanks, guys. Thanks, bye. 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 I Central Park and Bone.